Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers, where we're still slowly looking for the imposter. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Distill episode. All right, we have Distill Rep with us, Steve. Steve, Hi. how's it going, man? It's going great. So, in the hot tub with Steve, we got Taylor Beasy from Legal Trap. Hello. We have Jacob Baker from St. Arnold's. Hello. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Go ahead. Uh, I'm Jake Thorne, uh, co-drinker. Uh, um, co-drinker. Alcohol aficionado and um, overall badass. Ah, and Mariah, how would you describe yourself? Sorry, I just put a sandwich in my mouth. Um, I would describe myself as... Was that a euphemism? As, a good I don't think was. so. Oh, I think just, just check description. it. description. Mean, not a hot dog person, so sandwich is fitting. <gasps> Science. There you go. Correct. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> not, Done. Not that we hope anytime soon, but when Mariah dies, sorry, so, I just put a sandwich in my mouth. Steve, welcome uh, to the podcast. And, man, thank you for bringing Distill to the hot tub. And so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pour a Wild Sour Series limited release blueberry crumble. But while I'm pouring that, I want you to tell us about Steve. How would you find Distill and how would you find the beer industry? I started in the beer business in 2014, started on the East Coast. I lived in Jersey, born and raised most of my life, and did some brand ambassador work for clown shoes. My cousin was the director of operations at the time, and also Jersey raised, asked me if I wanted to do some brand work. My first event, he, I was going to meet him over at a the debut account for, for uh, Clown Shoes in New Jersey, and there was a blizzard in Massachusetts during that day. He couldn't make it down, so he asked me, would you want to just represent the brand? I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Just said, put all your beers on, on our tab and, and talk, about, talk about the beer, and if you don't know what you're talking about, just make it sound like you know what you're makes make shit up okay things progressed from there that's how i live my life became a <laughs> full-time rep worked northeast moved to texas for them in 2017 then did a year at back pew and been now almost three years with the still and and do you like the still? Is it is it hard selling an Illinois beer in Texas, or is it going great? I, I think it's steady Eddie. I mean, I've been having a great time. It's a, an outer market brand. Certainly needs if they want to make any sort of impact in the area, they they need an in-state rep. I had the stills before I worked for the beer. The, the still made their their name on sours, and still is a primary production of the brewery is sour beers. And I had a Flanders Red, and it was the most the first one of my first sour beers. I thought something was wrong inside my head because it was my first sour beer <laughs> right. at the time. And Flanders Reds, not your generally not your entry level sour. Correct. Full body, sweet and sour cherries, and 
very sour. The beers, the sour beers that the still makes have waxed and waned as far as their intensity over the years because the culture that they're using to sour the beers is a live culture. It's active culture. Uh, one that has been cultivated in-house. There, It leaves in a tank that hasn't been opened since 2015. Still started doing spontaneous sours. Okay. Get the wart, put it in a barrel. The barrel already has its culture living in the grains, or in the, in the, in the wood grain, and it's ready when it's ready. Some of these beers take two years to finish. That was the St. Decara series. So they took that culture, they isolated it, and like a sourdough bread culture, any time that some of the culture is taken out of the tank, some fresh wort's put in. And it's, it, it, sometimes it's angry, sometimes uh, it, it's, it's pretty mellow. So is this a, this is a uniquely it's, Illinois bacteria? This is, uh, it's, oh, as far as harvested, like, 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 like open up the tanks? Correct. I don't think so. Like the Wild Sour series is a kettle sour. Okay. But it's, it's soured using a culture that we have. It's, it's our, it's trademark. It's our own culture. Okay. So as far as the local flora, how much that is represented in the culture, it's been cooking since 2007. So it, there, odds are, yeah, it exposed to whatever wild geese and bacteria are floating around the, the, the brewery floor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure some of that gone in. And that's kind of cool. That's that's a fun concept. Like we've we've had uh, like New Braunfels Brewery has kind of been like the unofficial official brewery of the podcast because they've been on more than anybody else. And Kelly would tell us like that that was one of his big selling points is that that's a uniquely Central Texas yeast because it was just he caught it there, he's cultivated it there, and and that's kind of one of those things. Is it's been kind of fun to see that involvement of that uniquely Texas strain of yeast or that bacteria that's producing the sour in his beers. And it's kind of fun to see, all right, this is Illinois' version of it. This is, or there's only one Illinois, correct? I don't need to put the I, S on the end of it. Illinois is, is, is. Illinois is, is. Yeah, something like that. I think it's called How many Illinois. 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 Uh, <laughs> if there were multiple. Illinois. Is that like. Illinois? <laughs> oh, that's it. Is, is, that, is that the uh, technical term for multiple it's Illinois? When you, you, you come across a bad patch of water. Uh, Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. And you come, yeah. You catch a case of the Illinois. <laughs> so tell us about this blueberry crumble sour that we're drinking right now. Blueberry crumble, that's part of our limited sour series. The limited sours are ones that we R&D because we also have a line of seasonal sours that fluctuate, that change three to four months out of the year. Uh, and the Blueberry Crumble started this dessert, this pie series that we were trying to get off the ground and, and fill out. And you can have a nice, clean, balanced sour without putting a whole heck of a lot of junk in it. The the ingredients in here, it's a non-style specific sour, so sometimes we have our Gozes, sometimes we have our Berliner Weisses, Flanders Reds, but this is a non-style specific sour that we're using blueberries, lactose, vanilla, and cinnamon in. Alright, so lactose. Lactose in a sour has been a topic like on the podcast. It can be hit or miss, because well, sometimes it drowns out the, the sourness of them all, and sometimes you just get like ugh, lactose. Correct. Yeah. 
So let's go into what a lac lactose sugar is to begin with, right? Okay. So it's a sugar derived from milk product yes. that leaves a strong mouthfeel, but it's still fermentable. So it doesn't actually leave as much flavor as traditional sugar, right? Like white sugar, processed sugar, uh, but leaves a larger mouthfeel. Okay. And so, Steve, why the choice of lactose in this beer? It'll, it, lactose, to me, and Jake already said it, it, it contributes to the, the body of the beer, the mouthfeel. It also will lend a sweetness to the beer without adding just straight sugar or another adjunct. Uh, so it, 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 you can get that slight sweetness. I feel the lactose also added to this beer puts a limit on how much of that sour uh, uh, tang that you get. It's not okay. going to... Yeah. Some, some sours you drink and it will melt the enamel off your teeth or you get that that spot in your jaw that starts to come yes. out again. Man, Nana's lemonade spot. Nana's lemonade spot? Nana's lemonade spot, yeah. You know, man, Nana made the lemonade to hit you in the back right there. <laughs> That's just a southern thing. Maybe you don't know about that. Oh, Nana. Good old Nana. Nana and lemonade. In the south. Uh, Nana I, doesn't yeah. have a spot in my mouth, I'll tell you that. Ooh. <laughs> Give me that one. Just got a spot in my mouth. <laughs> God bless Nana. Oh, Mariah's over there pushing sound buttons. Okay, so this is going to be one of the fun things about the sound buttons that we have on here now, right? So, this is the second episode with the new sound equipment. Mariah's being the sound engineer. We, She's the only one listening to the episode as it records. Uh, this is all going to be new to us as we listen. And remember, on Hot Tub Beers, we don't edit. We don't edit. So I'm just going to listen and, and release. Yep. How many times did you hit the applause buttons? Uh, multiple times. There you go. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean... Nine minutes in, we've gotten multiple Oh, applause. no, well, no. But she was talking about over the other episodes. Overall. Yeah. Yeah, overall. So, on the... Uh, looking at this beer, it's not a super clear, super clean sour. It's a little bit of hazy to it. Um, it's... But on the, on the... On the... When you taste it, it... This is one thing that I appreciate about this beer that I'm getting out of a lot of other sours that I don't like that are being produced is this is not like weighed down with adjuncts. I'm not chewing on this sour. Um, it is still clean and crisp in my mouth. Um, and I like that a lot. Um, there are some other flavors in there. I'm going to say you're spot on with the name. Blueberry Crumble, this tastes like a blueberry crumble that Jacob's Nana might be cooking in the kitchen yeah. that she's going to serve with her lemonade. Shout um, out to Jacob's Nana. But what, what color do you get off of this? I don't know. Like I was going to say pink lemonade. You think so? It's got raspberry, raspberry lemonade. Oh, maybe a raspberry lemonade. Raspberry yeah, lemonade. There's, there's a little bit of red and blue to it that not not just necessarily pink lemonade. Yeah. Yeah, Cicerone. It's a pale magenta. I meant like homemade pink lemonade. A pale not, magenta. Not Are you fuchsia? making up colors? No. Is it fuchsia? Fuchsia? A fuchsia sour? How does this still rate the color of this? Is this a fuchsia sour? What's the SR wow. SRM on this? <laughs> yes. Shades of color, huh? It's not purple. It's no. not you purple. Can tell that the blue. It's not like blue. Magenta. Yeah, I like fuchsia. Like fuchsia? Yeah, fuchsia is a good word. So sexy. I am getting a lot of vanilla and cinnamon on it, and I will say. Cinnamon. I'm not a huge fan of cinnamon uh, in general. In beers, I'm not a huge fan of it. But I have had beers that I really enjoy 
because it's balanced well. This one, I will say the cinnamon is balanced well. It doesn't overpower to me. Um, it just makes you feel like that crust of the cobbler is in there. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're feeling what I'm saying? I am. When I first had this, I, um, I, 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 I've heard it, I said it here. I'm not a big fan of sours. I have, haven't found that sour that I like. But then me and Jeremy popped this open at Thistle for like to try it. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I found sour that I can drink. I love the nose of it. I love the balance between the vanilla and the cinnamon. Um, I saw that you use a blueberry puree, which is great. Uh, I mean, I, I'm in love with this. Like, using the puree also, some, sometimes you're, if you're using berries and ingredients, if you, especially if you're using the peel, a little bit of that, that tannic quality can come out and make it a little bit bitter. And I think going across the board, what this still tries to achieve with its beers is a sense of balance where not one flavor overshadows the others. Uh, but yeah, with that like that, that little sweetness, or I, I'm, I'm, when I'm eating blueberry crumble, I'm thinking like there's that little bit of burnt brown sugar on top. Oh, you know. Steve, you're making me fucking hungry. Yeah, just say. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I, know. I yeah, just say I should. Okay, so okay, <laughs> full disclosure, I've been on this whole thirty thing with Mandy. This is these are the first beers that I've had since Labor Day. And how's it feel? I, I feel fucking hungry all the time. <laughs> is what I feel. It's it, and, and so like yeah, and then, and then Steve's over here talking about the warm blueberry crumble that he's dipping into. I'm like fuck, Steve. I'm hungry. I want now some is, blueberry is, crumble. Is blueberry crumble considered a pie, right? I would say cobbler. Yeah, be... What's the difference between a pie and a cobbler? Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. Man. Ah, good call. I can answer oh, this, but I thought pie is the umbrella term, and then like well, a crumble no, cobbler so. are the subcategories. Crust. Yeah, no, when I think of pie, pie, I think of the whole kind of like, like, like a circular like a pie. Circular because pie, yeah, I think of crumble, and it's like well, it's like, like a square dish, like in a cobbler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with Taylor on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm abandoning you, Jake. Jake, don't get don't get started on ice cream and gelato. I'm just saying, do pie it. is an umbrella do term. It. Is it cooked in a pie-ish shape? No, you can cook a crumble and like you can put a crumble on top of a muffin. You can put a crumble on top of like anything. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So yeah. then you're saying a pie has is only determined by its shape? Yes. Oh, sugar, flour, shape. Well, also, I mean, I mean the crust, too. Oh, I mean, geez. it's not the same. Here we go. Does a pie have to have a distinct two crust, like the bottom and the top? Or can, can, I, a pie can, I make a, can I make a blueberry pie and a blueberry crumble, and they would be different? Yeah, yes. There is a pizza pie. No. There's well, a pizza pie. Yes. Pizza right. pie. Which is a shape with... But with what flour. would you call a grandma uh, uh, in, in a baking sheet, baking sheet pizza? Isn't that deep dish? Non-esque. baking sheet pizza. Uh, what is that? So, I like that. grandma pie. It's, it's rectangular. It's, a, it's a, like a He's some Yankee shit. Yeah, but I said they're from the south. They don't understand. They don't understand. I was gonna say, I mean, deep dish. <laughs> kind of like a casserole. That's a casserole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's still in a. There's such a thing as a pizza casserole. Well, then you help me in. Dish, each sarcophagus go deep dish pie. Okay. Yeah, that's a casserole. They bake it in a in a pan. It's rectangular. That's what it's I'm saying. It's flour, it's sugar, it's in a pan. Oh, can we all agree, Lynn, on this thing? Everyone prefers pie over cake. No. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 I do. No. You say no? No. no. Well, you like cake over pie? Mariah. Strawberry cake Don't do it. Don't you do it. I, I want to do this. Wait, 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 wait. If a pie Mariah? is an umbrella term, 
yeah, pie is better. But if it's not an umbrella term, then no, fuck that. Cake's better. I, I do, I do like pie. Break up the pie group. is just so good. I just uh, came to yeah. share some beers and didn't pause. <laughs> I didn't mean to pause. Everybody also, that likes cake. This guy's heard of Game of Thrones where the heads chopped off. Cake, no, I said upside down cake is basically a cobbler. It's basically a pie. I don't like upside down. Oh, I love upside down cake. Yeah, upside down cake's beautiful. But I would still go if I had a choice between pineapple upside down cake. And a bourbon pecan pie. Oh, bourbon pecan pie. Oh, oh, I love the bourbon pecan just because oh, I don't like all day long pie. pie. Yeah. 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 Totally picking that. Well, Welcome to Hot Tub. <laughs> we do desserts. Oh. So, is, is it pecan or pecan? Pecan. pecan. Is pecan. it a pie or is it a nut? Because pecans are nuts and pecans are pie. <laughs> it's pecan. This guy, anytime we give in, Jake yeah. an opportunity to talk about nuts, he takes <laughs> and runs. I, I don't know if y'all know this, but I literally am a nut expert. I was a professional nut dealer for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. I would go around the city and I'd try to get my nuts in everybody's mouths. Mm -hmm. ah. yeah. Men, women, children, elderly people. How do you it was a peanut butter and jelly truck, uh, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to get them to taste my nuts. Peanut, peanut butter. Jesus, get your head out of the gutter, beastly. <laughs> I, I do agree. Get your nuts out of the children's mouths, Jake, is what we're saying. Uninstitutional. Peanut nuts. butter. <laughs> Here we go. So back to the blueberry crumble. Sorry, sorry, Steve, and sorry to steal for, for Jake's inappropriate peanut jokes. Um, so, done another eight minutes. <laughs> I could probably do fifteen we, minutes on that jokes. We probably, <laughs> we, yeah. I think uh, like uh, diverging from the conversation is the hot tub beer hallmark. Mm -hmm. uh, to be completely honest, this is a very good example of a blueberry crumble sour. I mean, if there is one, I, I really enjoy it. I, I'm gonna go ahead and. I'm going to go to the rating on this one. We're 17 minutes into this first segment, and I want to go ahead and rate it. I'm going to say that I would rate this higher if it didn't have the cinnamon and vanilla and lactose. If it's just a blueberry sour, it's going to throw me through the roof. Um, because I can tell what's going into the can. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of effort put into this beer. Um... I'm going to go 3.0, flat 3.0 on this beer. Am I going to turn down this beer? Am I going to say, no, I'm not going to turn this beer down. Am I going to recommend it to friends? Absolutely, I'm going to recommend it to friends. Is it something that I'm going to drink on the regular? Probably not, but do I enjoy drinking it right now in the hot tub? Fuck yes, I enjoy it. Few are the individuals that are going to chug sours or, or kind of have sours as their their mainstay. So uh -huh. that's, that's fine. Absolutely. I, I get it. What do you think, Jake? I'm going to go 3.5. So I definitely am a sour person. I lean much more um, on the attack level, much more aggressive, much more acidic. I really love that kind of aggressive sour uh, but for this, I think it's very well balanced. Um, I love the intentional use of vanilla. I think it's very, very important for the whole flavor profile. Uh, I'm vanilla sensitive, so I definitely know it's not over the top. It's not uh, at a level where we're covering anything up. The blueberry sticks through. Um, it's just, I don't know if you, you've had a good blueberry pie recently, but you really get the blueberry out of this, and it really matches what a blueberry pie would be. Mm -hmm. uh, 3.5, and that's me probably shooting under. I think I, 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 I like your description of it. I think that was a very good description of it. Go ahead, Mr. Baker. 
All right. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I didn't. So to me, I'm kind of like a cat. I'm not, or a tiger. I'm not a big fan of cinnamon. Mm. Mm. So, uh, like a tiny little pussy yet? Yeah. Oh, well, that's sweet. It's a, it's a hangover reference. Ah. Uh, cat was a tiger. Ah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> lactose. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of lactose in sour if it's done correctly because it does kind of balance everything out. The only thing I guess I would say about this one, if I had a critique, it would be that it kind of does wax the tongue a little bit. And by that I mean like the sourness stays on your tongue for a while there. Mm -hmm. You kind of get that like sour burn a little bit, which is okay if you're a sour fan. If you're not a sour fan, maybe it kind of can deter you away from stuff like that. But I would give this a a good solid 3.16 or a 316. Ooh, 316. And that's the bottom line. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Mr. Podcast. Oh, <laughs> what's up, Broken Skull? Oh, that is that's a season. That, that he just scares me. So if he shows up, you guys can fight him. He busts through the yeah, fence. Yeah, let's you know do what? it. I heard my name. Huh? No, like if, uh, if uh, Stone Cold busts through the fence just because you he uh, you met, he hears you you mention his name. Well, you said his name twice now, so if you say it one, one more, more time, time. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think the water is the equalizer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can well, take him in water. We're in California now. We still live in Texas. Oh. Uh, I'll hit a pump. California. Coward. All right, now I'm scared for real. I'm, I've been drinking way too much. I'm sorry. Yeah. I will say this, though. <laughs> if Stone Cold Steve Austin came in here to whoop some ass on us, I would gladly take that beating because oh, whoever walks cute. in here to beat anybody's ass, I'm going to lose anyways. And then we're going to put what's it on the Instagram. What, yeah. What's the difference between somebody that's really good and somebody that's not really good? That would this make a true. great reel, yeah. Mariah. I'll challenge him to shotgunning. He's the original man. That's so oh. I'm just going to put it out there then. Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, you're welcome to come shotgun a beer with us and or lose. beat my ass. Just don't drown me because I'd like to do another podcast. Mr. Austin, oh, I'd just like call. to say yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of all your work. I thought your, your performance on the Hot Ones was awesome. That You yeah. did not even, you didn't break a sweat. You did your job. You always do your job. I'm, I'm just a fan, sir. Also, if you, if you do show up, can you bring your uh, Panther Jeep so we can go on Lake Conroe? I don't know if you guys want to know what Panther Jeep is, but it's literally a Jeep that you can drive onto water. I'm in. He owns one I'm of those, in. and he makes me—he's my hero. So do we? Do we have a new best friend for like literally all six oh, of us? Oh uh, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin. Uh, We're yeah. gonna tag him in this episode. You, and tell him he's our best friend. How do you live friend. in Texas and not like be a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin? Plus, he drinks on the job, and guess what we do? Motherfucker. Drink for our jobs. So, uh, cheers to Stone Drinking Cold. is our job. Cheers, yeah. cheers, cheers to Stone Cold, Cold. Cold Steve Austin. Austin. And kicking oh. Jake's ass. <laughs> I need someone to stun her right now. <laughs> All right, Taylor. All right. Get judgy. So now you're not. This is your selling factor. This is your judging factor now. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not my podcast. New shoes on. You're, you've been very vocal in the past about not liking sours in general. That's those were going to be my words. Okay. I am not a sour person at all. At all. Don't. Are so like speaking sour personality or beers? Mm, no, I'm pretty sour personality. Oh, okay. Yeah. She has to be a big Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's going to get their ass beat today, it's going to be the one sitting to my left. <laughs> all right, so I am not a sour person at all. I've tried many sours, don't like them. But this, I am a dessert person. I'm that person that's like, as soon as I finish a meal, I'm like, I need something sweet. And this... This works. This is great. After that grilled cheese we just had, this mm-hmm. is perfect. Yes, yeah, shout yeah. out to Mandy. We did have so yeah. Well, shout out, shout out to uh, 
Mandy McGuire. Mandy McGuire, the mother of the podcast, my wife, partner in life. Um, she has made us grilled cheeses stuffed with mac and cheese yes. uh, as, as a uh, compliment to the beers today. So, Mariah, your rating. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback with her. I am not, I'm not a big fan of sours. Like I said, I've said this multiple times. I just haven't found that one that I liked. But when I had this one at Thistle, I was just like, whoa. Like, it's very palatable. It doesn't leave my um, jaw like, um, which Jake has given me many of sours that were just like, whoa. But this is an introductory for me. This is something that I could drink. Again, like she said, it's, I'm a big fan of desserts. On the nose, it gives me like, oh my God, my mom is baking. This is beautiful. And then you taste it and it has that well balance of that vanilla, that that puree where sometimes you can get a little lost in some beers you can get a little lost in which um they do those like overly sweetened yes yes yeah yeah and that's where lactose i think turns it makes a bad turn in sours yes this one it it, i think it's perfect it's perfect yeah it's perfectly balanced so i'm gonna give this one i'm gonna do it i'm gonna say this is a four Son this of a cool. bitch. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't actually I, give my rating. Go. No, oh, no, sorry, go. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just thought that of that. When she said that, <laughs> when she said I was like, oh, I didn't actually like rate So what is a four and a zero? Wow. Why do you bring down his average? Jeez. <laughs> 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 All right, no, so, so. Oh, that's right. Go ahead. Okay. Four, baby. I'm going to say, just because I'm a dessert person, I'm going to give this 3.25. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got we we are yep. solidly between three and four. We've had a, a, a solid three, a solid four, and everything in between. Steve, as far as selling an Illinois sour in Texas, where does this rate for you? Zero to four. And Steve doesn't do decimals, so no. Uh, I'm also a harsh critic of anything that we put out. Branded, I'm representing. I'm going to give this a three. I really, I was trying to think. Thank you very much. For your it, it, it certainly, it's, when you're, what's the, what's the primary thing that this beer is going for? Uh, sour and blueberries. Achieved. The other ingredients, the lactose, vanilla, and cinnamon, accents on top of it. The vanilla and the lactose brighten the beer. They lift up. The, the lifts up the blueberry. The cinnamon, I agree. Okay, the cinnamon, I get more on the aroma. I don't really get much in the taste, and that's fine for me. Because uh, I, I have said that I'm not a fan of, of, of spiced beers in general. But I think it's, not to repeat myself, but I think it's a well-balanced sour. It has lactose, not to the point of being a, a goopy, sweet dessert beer. I could have another one of these beers. Yeah. I could have two in a row and, and, and be... Not like you know, like these these pastry sours or the uh, the lactose heavy adjunct heavy sours. Yes, and and I think those beers kind of give beers like this a bad name because you use those adjuncts and they have a proper place in those beers. But when you overly adjunct a beer, it kind of turns into something. And we've had this debate: like, is it even beer anymore? If it's just a slushy full of fruit uh, and a fly in my face, and it's a wasp. Oh, a wasp! Nice. <laughs> So full full of fruit and lactose, is it even a beer anymore? This is definitely a beer. This is a great beer. And and Steve, thanks for bringing it to the podcast, man. That's only one. That's the first one. That's the first one. We already got our first 
4.0. I will say too. That's starting off strong. Someone came into Thistle the other day and she was like, hey, do you have anything like that's, you know, that I like, like sours, <laughs> but I want something that's like blueberry on, you know, and I was like, dude, check this out. She took home, she she drank one there, and then she took home the six pack. Oh, hell yeah. Because it's that, it's that good. I mean, it's, I like it. So branching off that sour, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. We're going to come back with the Haze of the Dead, a hazy double IPA offering from Distilled Brewing. All right, so welcome back. So we are, we're with Distilled Brewing with Steve, and we are bringing out a different type of beer than what we've sampled first of all, right? So we went with this blueberry crumble sour that we started with. And now we're going in a different direction. Haze of the Dead. Bronze Haze Medal winner, GABF. Oh, nice. Bronze Medal winner, GABF. Uh, Haze of the Dead, Hazy Double IPA. IPA using Citra and Simcoe Hop. So, Steve, tell us the story about the... The series, the the, the uh, we call it the inspiration behind the series to get it going. Our owner Matt Potts is a pretty big Grateful Dead fan. We did one beer, Deadhead Red, in I think it was believe it was 2018, and he wanted to keep this as a rotating hazy IPA series. The Image on the, it, it, the, the so the whole series is the Deadhead IPA, and all of the beers are named after or are, are taken from Haze of the Dead songs or uh, Grateful Dead songs. Okay. So this is our our this is has been the fall installation for three years running now. Generally, we keep a beer around for three years, uh, but the Haze of the Dead fits in with fall and fits in with Halloween. He. The image uh, was closer to, as the story goes, closer to a deadhead skull, and the company got a C&D from the Grateful Dead group saying that the image was a little bit too close to their own image. We changed it a little bit, they were fine with it, and the image of the skull is taken after our own the graphic designer, Jeremy. Nice. Does he have that uh, luscious black mustache and beard? In the he's got life? a yeah. He's got a full. That guy's got a beard that he's been. That's that he's put some work into that. Nice. No. Okay. So in addition to the citron simcoe hops, I'm looking. We have flaked oats and wheat and and pilsner malts in here. So tell me why the the oat and wheat along with the pilsner malts to build the malt bill for this uh, for this beer. For that particular beer, then so the every installation the hops change up, the grain bill change up, but for Haze of the Dead, flaked oats and flaked wheat for me create that body of a hazy that you expect. It's not going to be as sharp as a west coast. It's not going to be as malty as an east coast. Hazies are, are supposed to be for me they're an approachable IPA. For It's 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 not maybe not necessarily the, the, the double but hazy IPAs for me are for that person that doesn't think that they like IPAs and maybe gets them into that spectrum of that style. They can start with a hazy, something that's juicy, something that's not piney and resiny, and then as their flavor profiles adapt and, and expand, then they can move from, from hazies into other different styles, other different hops. Uh, the 
the wheat uh, and also the oats create that haze in the beer. Okay, and, and I like that. I think we talked about that on another podcast uh, about a hazy doesn't necessarily need to mean that I'm going to have tons of yeast and adjuncts floating around in there, right? That hazy just can be maybe we just don't have a protein rest. Maybe we're using more wheat or more uh, oats in there to give it that creamy mouthfeel, that hazy look. Um, and, and so I really do appreciate that. Like, I don't want it hazy because there's a bunch of shit in it. I want it hazy because that's the way the beer is supposed to look and the way the beer is supposed to feel. And that's what that's what this is. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? And the Pilsen Malt creates... It's 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 a clean malt. Uh, it creates that, that uh, sugar base. Uh, this is 8.5, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's beefy. This, I, I tell you what, on the nose, it is a perfect balance of that Citra and Simcoe hop. I was you, say yeah. immediately Citra. Yes, you get the Citra, but there's that dankness in the background of that, that Simcoe, that kind of like cannabis, kind of like That's pulls you back in. on the palate. Oh, oh man, yeah, it is, I thought it was like this, sexy. this beer smells sexy. Go ahead. I, I like the, uh, so I, I, what I like about it uh, is it actually has a big hop presence. I, yes. mean, I know me and Jake spoke about this several times about how like hazy, like people sometimes think hazy, oh, it's a hazy IPA, but we can't put any bitterness in it because then people like, it, I mean, to me, like when you first sip, when you first hit it in your mouth, it reminds me of old school days stone. Like, hey, let's try to drop kick your face off Ooh, with hops. Yeah. But, with the Pilsen, I think, is what's helping. The Pilsen malt build helps kind of wash it away. So it's almost like you drink it, you get the hot presence, it washes away. Doesn't then, linger. Yeah, doesn't linger, and, but then you still do have the hot flavor there. But it's like the hot burn isn't there for me. Yes. Uh, and that's why, I, and for an eight point something percent, I'm, I'm guessing the IBUs have to be up there. 83. Yeah, oh. like, I'm saying like this is for a hazy, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So this I, is, I'm, I'm a it is a fan. great beer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you look at that. Like, that's that's a hazy beer, but what I love about it, right, that's not hazy with a bunch of bullshit floating in it. That's just straight beer in your glass. And I love that about it. Yeah, that's that's some cool shit. It's an IPA. A lot of people say, hazy IPA. It's like, this is a pella best, buddy. This <laughs> is an IPA. Yeah. 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 This is an IPA. Absolutely. Thank you for making a hazy IPA. This is a dipper. Oh well, yeah, a double well, it is, and uh, yeah, that's true. I guess that. So I, I maybe try one of his. Taylor, days. are you fans <laughs> of IPA? Yeah, I am. And so your take on this one, like, does this fit within your IPA wheelhouse? I do. Uh, I do like this a lot. Um, most so there's certain IPAs that make me feel like I just need to brush my teeth after I drink them. Yes. And this is just light and, like, obviously it's 8.5, so it's not very light, but it's just like, it's like it's got a nice, subtle body to it to where I don't feel like I just have a mouthful of pops. Like, I get all the flavors. I get everything that they're trying to put into this. And it's a good beer. I mean... That's, that's, you bring up a great point because we've talked about this on the podcast and you mentioned a little bit earlier about that early stones like I just want to melt your face off without as many hops as I can put in there uh, I think the best IPAs that we're having right now are not just indiscriminately throwing hops in there they're 
throwing hops in there that have flavors that balance with each other because those flavors of those hops are intricate. You could throw, I mean, it's just like anything else you make when you're cooking. I could throw a bunch of spices into something to make it spicy, all right? And I could call that a spicy dish. Or I could balance the spices that I'm throwing into it and have an incredibly flavorful dish with spices that balance and it tastes good. The same things, spices to food and hops is to beer, right? So these hops come in with their flavors that balance very well, that are used very well, that play off of each other. I, in my opinion, incredible job. Very incredible it's job. It's all Alex Albers. That's Mariah, what you think? Um, I really like this. I tried it two days ago, and um, when it got, it's a little warm now, but I love that it gets, I get a lot of stone fruit on this, and it's, it's stop me if I'm wrong, but is that the Simcoe? Is that the Simcoe hops, or am I going bananas? No, I, I think it, I think it could be. I think a lot of those drops. A-N-A-N-A-S. No, I think Mariah is extremely validated in this. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you taste something that somebody else doesn't taste, like, you still taste it. Correct. Every melon is different. Yeah. True that, yeah. true that. Yeah. I tell people that all true the time. That. Like, true that. Oh, God. But I love this. <laughs> I, I love the citra hops on there. Um, when we tried it the other day, everyone was like, nope. And I was like, I will take this. This is well, they were wrong. Right, they were wrong. Yeah, they yeah. were wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What wrong. kind of idiots are you drinking with? Uh, this you is just said validation. Winner for nothing. Yeah. This is this is phenomenal. I love seeing the evolution of IPAs as we go along. And there was a time where IPAs. You talked about the the artistic construction of of a beer and the addition of hops. Uh, and there was a time where IPAs were just bitters all fuck and palate crushers. And yeah. you're just throwing it up to, to max out the IBUs. I think, what, your palate kicks out, uh, just it quits at 110. Um, but I love, like, I love a super bitter IPA. I think it still has its place. So whenever I, I I'm going to go to New Mexico soon and I'm going to drink a lot of Elevation IPA from the Cumbre because that's a super, super bitter IPA. And with, you know, uh, uh, to speak about other hazies and maybe there's a limitation of the hops that you're using because you don't, in the construction of a hazy or New England, you want to maybe keep those IBUs low so that puts you in a box as far as how many hops you can use. The mm -hmm. ones that are low on alpha acids or you're using, you're, you're, you're adding all of your hops at the end of the beer and it makes it for a very nice juicy beer, but it, it's going to fall uh, fall apart within the matter of 30 days. So you, again, to go back to balance, something that is soft on the palate mm -hmm. but also has that bitterness, yeah, there's there's art. It's there's, there's there's work that is put into the the construction of of of, of any beer. But like to to make it a well constructed IPA, you've got to know where those hop flavors are going to hit on your tongue and when. I agreed, and I think when we're looking at a hazy, <coughs> excuse me. Everybody when they see a hazy wants to taste citrus, right? It, it, and I think we've gotten to maybe too accustomed to hazies being these juice bombs. And I don't know that a hazy should be a juice bomb. I should get some citrus off of it. But I don't want to forget that I'm drinking a beer. Well, there's a Houston brewery that made that a thing where it's all juice, juice bombs. Don't, don't non-stop. Stop. 
I mean, their their beers are good. I like Spindle Tap. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they have so many hazies that at what point do you like besides the different hops you're using? Like, how do you decipher what is what? Like, that's a good question. And I think this is also again to speak to the the where the pendulum is swinging. Notice the amount of West Coast that that local guys are coming out with. Well, I mean, West Coast just started popping up again. I mean, they they sure. died. For a while, and, but that's that's a, a, a and I we're talking about different styles of IPA. If I'm looking at a West Coast, I love it being bitter, right? I, I, want I love that, like and that that pine that's coming off of that. I like I want a completely different flavor profile from a West Coast IPA than I get from a hazy IPA. And each are like you, you still kind of in that IPA category because it, it it fits with that style of the old Indian spice trade, but they bring so much different flavors to the table because of where they were regionally produced, right? And so, a, a West Co comparing a West Coast to a Hazy is is kind of a it's a tough comparison, right? Like, Absolutely, yeah. For sure. But this, as far as it being a Hazy, is it's incredible. I I, I really do enjoy this one because I'm getting the citrus notes. But I get some dank notes in there that 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 kind of remind me of some cannabis that maybe want to keep coming back. How and do you then know what some cannabis bitter... reminds me? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just an. Have you heard of Peter Pig Dagosaurus? I have not yeah, had Peter Pig Dagosaurus. You? Ha oh my god! That was like one of the first IPAs I ever had. Really? Yeah. It's good, but it's inconsistent. I it well, no, I've had it recently. No, we had. I had it in Dallas, some random place. I hadn't seen it on tap in a very long time. Yeah. Where is Cedar Creek Brewery? Outside of Austin? Oh, thank you. Outside of Austin? Outside of Austin, I think? Somewhere around there? It's Austin, Texas. Austin, okay, yeah, so Austin beers are kind of... I like Austin beers. Keep Austin beers. I like, I like Austin beers better <laughs> than I like DFW beers overall. Right. Yeah. I, and, and, and having been and like, of course, our, we're at Taylor with, with Legal Draft. She brought some beer for Legal Draft. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say like Manhattan Project Legal Draft are gonna be my DFW area brewery, um, just because of the the quality that they're bringing. Right. Austin has a completely different flavor profile. Houston has a completely different flavor profile. And so, re, we've talked about this on the podcast as well. Like regionally, we're almost like predisposed or how to say this biased towards those beers that are produced regionally because they're brewing towards the flavors of the people that are around them right so we're bringing this beer in from illinois how is it selling regionally in the houston area and do houstonites latch on to this we see this one in particular people wait around for for this installment I hope that it doesn't go away next year because of the audience that it brings. We, from year to year, will find out which recipes do well, which ones to phase out. One year we had a half-soured IPA called Funkin' Groovin'. And, I mean, that's a, that's a niche IPA category. It's a sour IPA. And... Yeah, we did not see the same customer base that we saw with Haze of the Dead. How does it do overall? Haze of the Dead is is our best-selling non-sour line. 
best-selling non-sour lime. Yes. Okay, nice. So, I mean, let's go ahead and let's get to the rating on this thing. Mariah, I'm going to throw you completely under the bus. You've been quiet this segment. Yeah. Well, it's just you are you are going to, to speak him. up and he's, be judgmental right now. He's been so informational, and I just so I, judge. I love how much information. Mariah loves information. <laughs> I do. He's like our little Sheldon Cooper. She likes to just suck up all the information. She likes um, all the information. Mariah Cooper, please explain Nancy to us. Cooper. Nancy Cooper. So, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I don't get the thankfulness that you get. But well, it's probably because you're a communist. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But I, what I do get, I do get. Wouldn't that mean that the flavors are shared? Oh, all the flavors are equal. Yeah. Yeah. Equal share. Uh, yeah. That's us. <laughs> but I like it. I liked it when I tried it two days ago, and I like it because of the citra on top of that. I like it that it's not too overly hoppy. Um, someone brought it up to me, which is like, oh, it's actually not a real hazy because if you put two fingers behind it, you can still see. Who is your this person? Who I, said that? Yeah. Um, a customer. Yeah. Well, did you tell them um, that? Can you show? Can you point them out <laughs> next time I'm in? <laughs> Yeah, I won't. I mean, yeah. could it be how dark your fingers are? <laughs> you you like, unless they are like Mariah, alien fingers. Is, you see that finger? <laughs> yeah, unless, yeah, and I was like, you know what? You should well, the right beer. Did you flip me off behind the hazy? This is someone that was drinking like one of those breweries that... Spindle Tap. Yeah, they were drinking Spindle Tap. So it's just like, oh, yeah, of course, you're not going to... like. It's like orange juice compared to something that's like... Yeah, and, that, and that's a misconception yeah. because hazy, like even this, is more opaque and hazy than some mm-hmm. other hazy, hazy little thing. From yeah. Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah. This is not a collab. Not a collab. Yeah. These are these are beers that are they are considered hazy. They're hazy beers, but not completely like opaque. And I think that's what confuses people. Like yeah. it can be a hazy without looking like orange juice. Yeah. Like sure. it's it's beautiful. I like it. I like I told you before we started this. I think I'm completely biased because. I've had this entire week to try all of these these beers, and I've been I, I like this. I'm gonna like love to talk to that customer when I see them. So what are you gonna what are you gonna rate? It? I'm gonna rate this like a three point five. I like it a lot. Nice. Noise. Yeah. Nice. But um, I'm a, again, I taste a lot of stone fruit on there, but I just think that might just be because I haven't cleaned my glass out from this. It's it's very it's good. Possible. I like it. Taylor, we're gonna go ladies first this episode. Like this it. segment. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We appreciate it. Um, I'm going to give this 3.666 just because it's steep. Oh, son of a... With the Mephistopheles yes. t-shirt. Yeah. Um, I do... So, I appreciate the fruit complex, I mean, the citra, um, in a hazy because, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big quality of hazy IPAs. I mean, um, I, I mean... I like it. There's not too. There's very few hazy IPAs I like. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't like a lot of hazy IPAs nowadays. Leave your mouth feeling very dry, and I like the more juiciness. Okay. And I feel like I get some juiciness from this. That it's not just like a palate killer. Like it's juicy. It's got a great mouth feel to it. It's got all the flavors you're looking for. You can definitely taste the citra. Definitely can get the Simcoe, Simcoe, right? At yes. the at the end of the at the end of the beer, I do taste a little bit of it. No? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. touching me and Jake just uh, had a moment. I was like, oh my god, am I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just talking shit? Like, no, 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 no. The side eye is Tim inappropriately touching me. I'm about to file yeah. with HR. Luckily, I am the HR department, but I will file yeah, yeah. with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. file with yourself. Uh, <laughs> you can appeal to Mariah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I like this beer. I mean, it's, again, it's not a DABF winner for nothing. Absolutely, um, good point. Yeah, um, I think they did great with this. And, again, I'm not a huge sour person, so the fact that they offer other things than sours, I appreciate it. So, on zero to four. Oh, I said 3.66. Oh, you did. Oh, that's right. You did. You went 666 on it. Marijuana. Shout out to the <laughs> This beer is fucking dank. I don't, I will say, I don't get as much dankness as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I do definitely get the hot quality, but yeah. I don't get as much dankness as what you were saying. Okay. Yeah. Jacob? I get a lot of dankness. I like it. Um... Is no, I, I thought this because you're half Mexican like me. Most likely. Okay, yeah. probably. Does that mean you smoke marijuana? Is that where you're getting I don't, this? I don't. I don't oh, know. Wow, you know. Okay, so I here. Quick side note, right? I I may or may not shape the uh, shape the minds of the young youth, and so I was like drinking these seltzer waters that Carlos sells. Yeah. yeah right. The big okay. the hard swig. The hard swig, right? They're white cans. Yeah. Okay. So I'm drinking this, and I'm I'm teaching, and as I'm drinking. The kids go coach. Well, that's a big switch. Are you are you drinking Modelo in class? And I looked at him. I was like, guys, look here, recalling. It's not Modelo. Non-alcoholic hard switch. Two days later, I get drug tested. Really? Yes. They reported your ass. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry. This guy drinking Modelo (laughs) on the job. Side note. I am not. And it's all all it is is flavored soda water. It is flavored soda. Does it smell dank? No, 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 no. Like, it just has that, that white can that's oh. like kind of yeah, like a... Yeah, why did you get drug test? Or is it drug and alcohol? I have a CDL. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, so it's like I get scrub. random drug tests. I don't even know what the old can looks like, sir. Right? Oh. Right. Hey, Modelo's my go-to, man. Oh. Like, I mean, so why didn't you call that out in the first yeah. the, the now it, last well, episode? Because y'all asked me what was my starter. What was your lone starter? What, what is that die hard? What is that from oh, the roots? Oh, well now it's Modelo. <laughs> I thought y'all meant like starter. So I was we, like, well, I started off with Shiner. So we'd like to make an amendment. Taylor's uh, Taylor's Lone, Lone Star, Star is now Modelo. It's Modelo. Oh, it's I'll black out on some Modelo's. Oh, I'll son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> hey, tell you that. Mariah, can you go get us some Modelo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on my way. Modelo Michelada's, here we go. Hey, my mom I love off, a good Michelada. Did you? Really? Oh, yeah. So good. I love Michelada. Anyways, let's hear your Alright, so, uh, yeah, no. Uh, solid beer. Uh, I, I, me and Steve were talking earlier. I'm kinda, I remember when this thing, this whole series started. And I think it was an awesome idea for a series. Cause like you were saying, like, this deal at the time was known sour, 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 sour. But they're, you know, as a brewer, you can't be a one trick pony. And so this bad boy came in and it, it, it did a great job. Uh, dankful, delicious. Uh, does it destroy your palate? I can go on to another beer, which we are going to be doing, which is great. So I can actually enjoy the next beer. Um, I'm going to give it, for Steve, a uh, 3.62. And I say for Steve because the average height of uh, the Among Us characters when scanned by Mente is uh, 3.62. So there you go. That was... Uh just unique. <laughs> I'm gonna take that, Beasley. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three point six six 
seven. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh we got her. I was about to say, are we lone pine? Oh, oh hey, wow. I, didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that. But <laughs> now I've got to go 3.668. Sorry. You too. But my Mariah too. Neighbor of the neighbor of the beast. I, Steve, I think this is a great beer, and I'm glad you brought it, man. Because I, I think hazies get caught up in being juice bombs and this, this citrus thing that is just kind of sweet. This is great beer. This is this is what a hazy should taste like. It should have some bitterness to it. I should taste the hot flavors, right? So I should not be drinking something that's caught up in being just this citrus bomb. I should be drinking something where I taste the hops, the way that beer was intended to be made. And this, I, I believe, in, in, in my personal opinion, which is now the industry standard because I said so on uh, hot tub beers, is an incredible example of that. Like Wait, this is, this would be an IPA that I would go to uh, over and over again. Like it, when I'm drinking IPAs, I would definitely look for Distills Haze the Dead series, man. And so for that, yeah, 3.668, I, just because I'm not the neighbor of the beast. And, I changed oh. it. I changed it because you, oh, okay. you, you threw me, you, you threw up the, the Lone Pint reference. So I realized, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm going, I'm one-upping even Lone Pint. Yeah, it's a great job, man, and thank y'all for bringing it. Yeah. Jake, have you read it yet? I have not. I'm going to go 3.2. So part of it, um, Motherfucker. I do enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's a great beer. Uh, it's it's fairly balanced. One of the things that I caught before I even looked was uh, it's got a little bit of age on it. When you have this much hops, you can kind of really tell the age on it very, very easily. This is only sitting about two and a half, three months, which is not bad. But the sweetness really kind of comes through from underneath because that, that hop bitterness kind of died down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you're really kind of tasting much more of the uh, uh, the oils and the, the sugar from the malt and kind of everything kind of going on. Um, 3.2, it's fantastic. Um, I would I would recommend it. I'd drink it again. And I do love the artwork, especially if you ever see their swag yeah, go with it. Their artwork's phenomenal. So 3.2, I stand by it. I will say this, and, 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 and I don't mean to cut you off, Steve, because I want you to rate this on its saleability. But in, in IPA, we talk about drinking IPAs fresh, but the style was... was invented because they were worried about beer getting stale right it's supposed to last for a while that am, am i wrong so yeah, most ipas have like what 120, shelf life. 120 it's, days it's supposed to have a long shelf life because they're using this to sail around to the to to india for the spice trade beer is getting stale on the way they're shoving hops in there to keep it fresh like so, sort should of. an IPA so, have a long shelf life? I, I actually want to do IPA. A, What's that? English style IPA is yeah. far uh, different from an American IPA. So I actually, uh, okay. I really want to do a whole episode on this, and maybe we will do a whole episode on this. Uh, there, there is, there is some truth, and there's being like five kids you missed it. Yeah, there's some truth, and there's gonna be some lies. So the biggest thing that made the IPA what it is, right? So for one, obviously, India trade route, right? Right. So you go to England, uh, England, India, like we're we got this whole thing, but the biggest thing that made that different is for the longest time they were they were moving porters, right? And this this goes along with technology. And I'll try to keep it short, but it goes along with the way uh, the advances of malt technology was, right? So it was very dark roasted malt that was the primary source of your beer malt at the time, which it's it's fine, it's good, it tastes fine, whatever. 
but that's what they were used to. So you have this porter, you have this dark beer, okay. non-stop. And so now they were producing this pale ale, which is where we really need to start, because it's a pale ale. And so it's it's a giant con contrast to what they were getting. So you talk about these guys that have been deployed for years at a time. They've been having this one single sour, <laughs> malty, gross fucking barrel of beer <laughs> every freaking month coming. And also you get this pale ale. It's not even that it's good. It's that it's different, right? So okay. we'll start there. So we already have advanced the technology because now we're using Pilsner malts that have, have been uh, malted correctly. There's more sugar. We can actually ferment without ending up at like 2, 2.5% and still have like a, a beer that's almost 5%. So you still get the desired effect. Now, when it comes to the hops, it, it wasn't an addition of hops that made it transport because at this time, Hops have been popular for hundreds of years. It's been known there's an antimicrobial to this. There's right. there's there's something that really helps stabilize the beer yeah. that keeps it from spoiling. And spoiling isn't the same as tasting bad. Spoiling is the same of hey, do you want the beer shits or do you want like straight up your six six shits? You know what I mean? Depends so on how long I've been since I've had beer. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's this really kind of gray area of what the history of the IPA is. But quite frankly, the original IPA was actually a, a very specific company with a very specific brewer that actually labeled it as the India Pale Ale. It wasn't a style, it was more of Haze of the Dead rather than an IPA, if that uh, makes sense. So okay. it's very specific to what it was. But it's grown through through time to be more hot forward and be more present. Although at the time it was really something different than a shittily poured brewed porter. Okay. We'll do a whole episode on it. We'll do Hot Tub History. Yeah, hot Tub History. Stay tuned. Mr. Mephistopheles. Uh, three. I, I don't think I can speak more uh, about the uh, about the beer and um, about the freshness. Yeah. Uh, ideally, you do want, even in the first 90 days, to drink an IPA as far to, to try and get what the brewer the brewery wanted to set out and make flavor-wise with that particular IPA or that that that's um, whatever they put in the can. Also, one of the problems in working for an out-of-state brewery is shipping time. And uh, when the brewery in Illinois puts out a new IPA, brand new, it's going to be at least a month before I get it to Texas. I feel, I mean, I'm in Texas and it's at least two to three weeks before Houston can get something from Dallas. From Dallas. So okay. I I mean I can totally agree with him. And especially we're in the same distributors. So I mean there's there's are you a calling lot out of, favorite brands or Oh that, no, I love yeah. favorite brands. It's, it's, I will I will one hundred percent save and because I'm not with Houston Distributing Company or Faust anymore, I will totally <laughs> call them out. Favorite brands is a better distributor than Houston Distributing and Faust. Oh wow! All right. I will one hundred percent stand. Hey, you know what? I don't sell beer for them anymore, so I don't give a shit. But <laughs> no, this I, is unedited, unfiltered. Here we go. This is what HTC HTC cares yeah. about what it cares about. It's not craft beer. Hey, it's yeah. let, let, yeah, let's 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 be honest. Yingling and Miller Lite. Yingling, Miller, Shiner, Dust, Coors. That's yep. all they care about. Anybody under that? They don't care about anybody else. They With do have Lone Star. With favorite brands, Distilled, Lone Pike, Southern Star, Legal Drafts, um, Texas Leaguer, all the local independent, or sorry, Distilled's not local, but all the independent guys, that's who they care about. 
and that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, we're local, we're independent. I mean, he's not local, but he's independent. Like, let's support people like that. Well, thank like, you for letting me in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you are. You are a top brand of favorite brands. You know? Like, so, uh, I guess Montucky is a top brand as well. We're not going to get there. We're not going to go there. So, but, another yeah. palate cleanser, Montucky. So, the Narragansic of Texas. The Narragansic yeah. of Texas. So we're gonna take us. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back with the last distilled segment, uh, aptly named Dos Vidanya. Here at Hot Tub Beers, we have declared the pandemic over, and when the dust has settled, this old draft shop is still standing. This unique craft beer bar, located at 5210 FM 2920 in Spring, Texas, is still pouring some of the best beer in the state. And in spite of everything that's been thrown at the beer and restaurant industry lately, owner Mary Thorne has continued to create a community of clientele that makes you feel at home every time you step in the doors. Beer buyer Jake Thorne is continually bringing in incredible offerings, sure to impress everyone from the new kid on the block to the most seasoned craft beer aficionado. Haven't been able to find a beer you like? Their selection of ciders, wines, and seltzers will not disappoint. Beer's not the only trick this pony plays. No one in the area can rival the food coming out of the kitchen. From Vietnamese wings to oyster pole bows to brats with house-made sauerkraut, there is something for everyone in the family. Check out the menu at thistledraftshop.com and follow on Instagram at thistledraftshop. Pop on in. I'm sure we'll see you there. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers, where we're exploring our ethnic food backgrounds. Uh, This is, I I think this is a common theme, right? Like, everybody here loves to drink. Everybody here might love to eat more than they love to drink. Oh, wholeheartedly. Oh my gosh. I love food. And so, today's today's food has been brought to us by by Mandy with the, the, the... Mac and cheese, grilled cheese, unicorn, unicorn. mac and cheese. Oh, unicorn <laughs> mac and cheese. Oh, so phenomenal. What is different about the unicorn mac and cheese than the regular mac and cheese? They're shaped like unicorns. Oh, they're shaped like, like unicorns. Yeah. Oh. It's craft. It gives you nice little air pockets too. You do the design of the yeah. There's nothing magical in there. There's nothing magical in there. Mandy made it. It's all magical. So we are gonna we're gonna get into a, and I'm gonna be real honest, okay? Steve This is kinda like the mascot of hot tub beers. This might be why hot tub beers was started. Uh barrel age, Russian Imperial, dark, heavy, high alcohol, great tasting. Sit in the hot tub when it's cold as shit outside, crank it up, and sit here and drink and float off. So I'm going to be biased before I even open up this fucking can, okay? But as I open it up, I want you to tell us the story of Das Vidanya, the Russian beer that's brewed in Illinois. That's our heavy hitter. That's our anniversary beer. So we release our, our new batches uh, November 23rd. Uh, that's when the brewery got its start in 2007. And this beer comes in two forms. So the Dos Vidanya is the, the uh, barrel aged, and the Privyet is the non barrel aged. Privyet being hello, and the Dos Vidanya being good night. Uh, so we do three uh, versions every year a bourbon, a rye, and a variant. Uh, last year was Mexican chocolate. I believe the choice this year uh, is either going to be Mexican chocolate or orange chocolate. 
the heaven uh, so for this bourbon barrel we use heaven hill and for the rye barrels we've used thank you uh sazerac or uh sagamore all it's the nose dude beautiful beer it, it it smells beautiful like this is god damn i wish it was winter right now like it it, it is uh, it, it and that smells like winter that smells like Get in the hot tub and drink me is what it smells like. On the nose, it smells like I'm And some some imperial stouts, <laughs> some imperial stouts, you can get that like soy sauce uh, quality, mm -hmm. especially as the uh, IBUs that go up, or uh, I'm sorry, the ABV goes up. Uh, there's oh wow, it's I don't know. You get that wood grain, you get bitter vanilla. I get I get uh, chocolate. I get that uh, the wood uh, the bear quality. Definitely get the chocolate and the vanilla on the finish. That's I'm finding that's what's sticking with me, and I like it. And there's there's variants at the uh, at the brewery that we'll unfortunately never see: peanut butter, cookies and cream, mm. um, uh, um, red well, velvet. That's with a challenge. We'll drive up there now. Son uh, of a bitch. Shoot. Yeah. We've been talking about going. I've been to Illinois. Let's go. Yeah. All right, we're all going in the back of Tim's <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, Illinois. I... Ill Ill Illinois? I'm a little Illinois that these variants don't uh, come down this way. I honestly prefer to Illinois as Chicago. You know... What else is there? <laughs> I, I will say this. It's, it's almost got like a little bit of creaminess to it. Like very smooth. It is very smooth. This is what, 14 something percent has to be, right? This is, this is one of those beers. Yeah, it was like 14.6. Is that what it is? This is one of those beers I just want to like... I want to I want to coat my tongue in it. I I, I want to stay in my mouth and hang out. Don't really want to swallow. Definitely don't want to spit. I uh, I I like this beer. Yeah. Well, you're gonna not get the. Uh, oh, did I get the trombone? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it is it it is one of those beers where the the dark chocolate, the maltiness, the that stout is is in there. And then we've tasted bourbon barrel stouts where. For some reason or another, the bourbon has kind of overpowered the beer, and you lose the beer, and it just tastes like a stout with tons of bourbon poured into it. This has an incredible balance. It's soft, it's creamy, but there's that alcohol burn at the end that in no way is bad and in every way is welcome. The funniest thing for, for me uh, about beers like this I'm not a chocolate fan. Okay. Now I can have like a Reese's cup every once in a while and stuff oh, like that. Exactly. I'm just not a chocolate person. I don't like chocolate cake. I don't like chocolate anything really. I'm just not a chocolate person. However, this is obviously a very rich dark chocolate that we're picking up right now and I'm digging it. Liquid yeah. form chocolate might be where I'm at. I think. Okay. Uh, because yeah, like, that rich dark chocolate comes through. And I think that helps out any of the, that bourbon burn that some people might be like, well, I'm not, you know, yeah. and, then, and, and then I'm the same way. Like, if I'm going to drink bourbon, I'm going to drink bourbon. Now, I'm an equal opportunity alcoholic. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but if, but the, a barrel-aged beer should be like a beer with the characteristics of barrel-aged bourbons, rums, whatever they're using, which is what we're getting right now. Yeah. Super smooth. Like I said, this is a, a, a tricky dick for sure. You give this to somebody, they're like, what, this is a 14%er? Like, even sample sizes. People who aren't ready for it, they're like, oh, yeah. I feel weird now. You know, like, this is that uh, that, that trickster kind of. Yeah, that the alcohol, that the, well, I'd say the, the, the bourbon doesn't hide on you on this one. 
the, the bourbon is there. It's in your face. Right. But it doesn't. It's so smooth. It though. doesn't offend you. Yeah. Right. 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 So there's definitely ones that we've had. I, I'll say, gosh, and, and, and I love the label, but Perpetual Peace from the label. Uh, it, it is a bourbon barrel aged uh, Scotch wee heavy. Yeah. The to me, the the bourbon on that one overpowers you. It punches you in the face. It doesn't balance well with the beer. This is a completely different flavor on this one. And of course, it is a Russian Imperial that's the base instead of the Scotch Wee Heavy. But the the bourbon barrel on this one, it, it burns you, but it burns so good. It burns so good. Hey, come on. Give me something else. Well, uh, I love bourbon. Like, I really love bourbon. Uh, I don't actually feel the bur burn on bourbon anymore. You know, like, when you kind of hit that age where alcohol doesn't burn at all, there's no ethanol-like experience on it. Like, I feel like... It's because, like, whatever has kept hope in your body has just completely been extinguished. It's gone. There's no hope left. And so, like, like even if I was to do just, like, straight tequila, there's there's there hasn't been a burn in years, you know? So for me, it's it's. You have alcohol problems. I do. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call them problems. <laughs> They're alcohol opportunities. Uh. <laughs> One of those commercials where it's like, if you experience gambling, if you have problems with alcohol, call this. Call one eight hundred hot tub beers. <laughs> there call you go. And it goes to a hot tub podcast about beers. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> so as we're on the the crux of this. Uh, of opening a new cocktail bar and, and being dived into Did a you whole say Cruxipus? Crux, Cruxipus. What is yeah. that? I don't so know. That it's a new word. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's up? like, it's no. like Crux <laughs> and Precipice at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. Hot up, we make up our own words. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You tried to combine Apex and Crux at the same time. I think it works. Yeah. The no, the word, the word is Cruxipus. That's a word? It is a word. We're waiting for the best friend. But either way, Either Mandy's way, Googling it right we're, now. We're, right we're going to either confirm verge. or deny soon. Oh. <laughs> we are right on the verge of opening a liquor concept, right? So I'm I'm halfway between all these industries right now. And for me to, to meet these, these beers that are in between, where you do get a lot of that bourbon flavor, you do get a lot of that ethanol experience that I'm a little bit more mute towards, you do get a lot of that oak. And there's so much stuff that is just right in between both. It's it's kind of a it's a really fun experience and I and I really do enjoy that that mixture of community with that one. As weird as that say, but you're talking about you know a distilled spirit with a, a brewed grain. You know, there's a lot of crossover. And for this, I really do enjoy this. Yes, yeah. and I think beers like this can actually help in your situation because, like, for me, like. Like I said, I'm a big whiskey guy, but like I don't get like for me whiskey is like I don't pick up as much on the flavors and the smells as I do with beers. Like I pick up a lot of stuff more so on beers than I can on the whiskeys and everything. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the whiskeys and I understand what people are saying, but like it's just so much easier for me to pick up on the flavors. But if you drink in the flavors like this of beers, you can kind of sometimes go back and like, oh, I see what you meant by by that by having barrel aged. So would your Crotchapex or whatever you're saying. Crotchapex. 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 Had to get oh. an antibiotic for a bad case of Crotchapex. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the word. <laughs> that's what they called me in high school. Antibiotic or Crotchapex? <laughs> I don't know. You pick. A little above. <laughs> Mariah, what are your thoughts? Um, 
thoughts, actually. I, I Has this rendered you speechless? A little bit. Not in like a phenomenal way, but I do like the woodiness that you get from the... Is it... Stop me for a moment. Is it an oak barrel? Is it? Nice. Look at you. Son of a bitch. Uh, Damn. So I like that. Come I on, like Nexus that around. That's good. <laughs> easy drinking. I, I wouldn't drink it right now because it's like outside. I would. I would take your portion. Yeah, Grow up. You're in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as seasons here. It's an easy drinking 14% beer. Yes. It's a very good call. Like yeah. it is. It is a definitely like when you're thinking 14%. Like sometimes you're thinking, all right, I'm gonna sip it and I'm gonna understand. I need to go slow. This one you understand. You need to go slow, not because of the alcohol content, because of the flavor in it. Like you, you want to appreciate the flavor in this. Like you don't want the flavor to go away. Like it's 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 one of those ones where I I want it to hang out on my tongue. I want this to to, to be around for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Mandy, did you taste it? You did. Do you want to weigh in? What were your thoughts? You're abstaining weighing in. Why? Why is it is it because you are like we, it? Are we too famous for, for Mandy now? <laughs> Mandy, Mandy is, Mandy is too famous for us. Hey, shout out to Mandy for the awesome grilled cheese. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Mandy for just being Mandy. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. She puts up with Mariah, and that's good enough for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You just got a disapproving nod. Me and Mandy have a date coming up, so it's all that matters. Son of a bitch. You're out, replaced. Ah, uh, well, good luck, girls. <laughs> <laughs> the but man steve thank you for bringing this um very good i, I was going anniversary so you kind of do it something different every year or every year so every year there's a bourbon and a rye and then the, the variant gets changed up oh cool okay it's the variant that goes out to other markets right so it what you brought us today yeah is this something that normally comes to texas or is this something that normally stays in illinois the bourbon and the rye always come out in uh, this year. The, the third variant is a lesser allocation uh, just because uh, it's the more ingredients that you use, the more expensive the, the beer For is. For sure, yeah. And there's usually just, it always happens where there's not enough of that to spread around evenly. Okay. So 50% bourbon, 50% rye goes out and then in 20% of the variant goes out to other markets. Okay. So, Mariah, I'm going to throw you under the bus. You're going to rate first. Um, Are you, yeah. Maybe it's just because of the atmosphere that I'm drinking it right now. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Honestly, I'd give it a three. I'd give it a three. And that's still pretty good. Um, you don't have to justify it, Mariah. Just yeah, stand, you can, by yeah, you stand by your rating. Stand by your rating. You have a voice. Use yeah. it. <laughs> you don't have to look... Any for a few? No, no, it's just because it's a little hot. Yeah, it's a little hot for me. It's a little hot outside. However, if it was a little like colder out, I feel like I would have been able to appreciate the flavors a little bit more. I would have been able to understand. It's, it's kind of like kind of like I always say, situational beer. You know what I mean? Like okay, like uh, people, are, what's your favorite beer? Which is the worst question you're gonna ask a craft beer person? Worst. Well, what am I doing? Am I playing pickleball with the boys because it's really hot? We're gonna be sweating a lot. Am I sitting by a campfire having s'mores? He's talking about me both times. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, so it's a situational thing. So what you're saying is you feel like, and if we were having, instead of a hot tub, if we were having campfire beers, you might it might have re yeah, affected it a little bit. Yeah, sitting in and by the campfire, and it was a little bit like, Nice. Good. Good score. Jake? I'm going to go 3.9. I really do enjoy this. I love the texture. Um, I love the oak and bourbon actually comes through balanced and it's not top heavy. Mm -hmm. It's not It's not underwhelmed. Uh, you definitely get a lot of chocolate on the nose, a lot of vanilla on the mouth. Overall, I'd recommend this to anybody. Nice call. Jacob? Um, yeah, like I said, it's a very solid beer. Um, for a heavier style beer, it's not like overpowering. Um, obviously, you're probably going to share this beer with some people once in a Unless you just want to drink it all by yourself and get drunk, that's fine too. Uh, <laughs> Don't judge me. No, you do you. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a 3.69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hashtag 69. Yes. Dinner for two. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, oh, you, you got me on that one. Yeah, um, I, I'll i go ahead and rate. Taylor, I'm going to leave you last, and then we're going to go to uh, we're gonna Steve on his rating. This is part of the reason, like, I started the podcast. Because I really enjoyed getting in the hot tub when it's cold outside, turning up the heat, and drinking something that warms me on the inside. And this is one of those beers that really, really does that. I think one of my favorites is uh, "So Happens It's Tuesday" by the brewery. That's that oh, that is a good call. That is that yeah, is one of my absolute one. favorites. And this one to me ranks right up there with that one. Like this, this hits all those notes that that one hits. Um, both have great stories behind them. Both have great flavor profiles. Both have an incredible balance between the malt and the, the hops that are in there, as well as the bourbon. Nothing overpowers anything else and everything works in balance. For me, this is a hot tub 4.0. This is, this is the one that I started the podcast for. This is the one that hits for me. So I'm gonna go 4.0 on this one. Taylor, it's in your hands. Um, so I do like this beer a lot. I love barrel-aged stouts very much. Um, to me, I don't, I get more like, it, I mean, because I've recently learned the difference between like actual chocolate and like cacao, I feel like I get more of the cacao, because cacao is more like a little bit bitter, mm -hmm. and I do get some bitter notes, whereas like chocolate can be more sweeter. Mm -hmm. Um, I get more like the, like, cacao in its like original form only because I went to Guatemala and I went to a chocolate factory so I'm, a, I'm an expert on chocolate now nice um nice. so I do get I love I love the flavor I love the bourbon I love bourbon I'm a bourbon girl um and I would say 3.897 
Nice. Yeah, I love it. I like it. Um, again, I appreciate that they do other things than sours because they're known for sours. So the fact that they can execute something great outside of a sour, mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Um, so that's that's mine. Well, being that being that they're known for sours, I'm gonna go out. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that like they should probably be known for barrel aged stouts as well. Yes, like that's yeah. that's that's pretty fucking good. Like it's it, it's more than pretty fucking good. It's really fucking good. Um, it, it man, thank you for bringing it. So Steve, selling that stout in the Houston area, how does that go? Is it is it is it through the roof? Is it a four? Is it a zero? Is it hard to sell? Where is this one at? I have every year that I've been with the still, and every time this comes out. There's a list of people that I need to let know beforehand, a couple months beforehand. Otherwise, I'm on their shit list because oh, all of a sudden it, it's a it's an item that comes in, the distributor and immediately leaves. We never have enough of it, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's there's every year there's none that stick around. Some kegs stick around because of the seasonality of a barrel aged stout, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, but packaged with cans, yeah, it's it's real easy. Uh, everything is usually pre-sold before it comes in. So where is this at going to be on a skip? I said before, I'm a harsh critic. This beer is a treat for me. It's something, I think because of its scarcity and because I can't have it all the time, it's, it puts it into a special place. I know that as the months pass by, the seasons change, I know that it's going to be those Vidani season pretty soon. And this is this is a cigar beer. Yeah. I, this is, ah, good call. This is a, a 4.0. Uh, number one with a bullet. Not that... See, and I'm... I'm my, favorite style to pale lager. I love a Hellas lager above everything else, but I can drink a Hellas lager every day. I can't drink this every day. This, for me, signals the end of it. I, I like that point. That's a really good point, right? So th those flavors, that profile, kind of signal this time of year that just feels good. Like they, the the heat is going down. Like it, it's getting cold. Like We're families are getting closer together. Absolutely, man. Like there, there's something about that flavor profile and that beer that just kind of brings people together and makes you feel warm, both inside and outside. Man, thank you very much for bringing that to share that with us uh, on on this podcast. Right? Happy to do. Um, absolutely, man. It, 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 that's that's phenomenal. And so. Thanks again to, to Steve and Taylor for coming and gracing the podcast uh, in the hot tub here in my backyard uh, this uh, this afternoon and uh, where we're going into the early evening now. Uh, it's kind of fun the way this has worked out. If you if you like us, man, please like us, favorite us, follow us on Instagram, uh, rate us on on Apple Podcasts. If you hit the Instagram page, there's going to be a link tree there. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, on Pandora, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on really any podcast place that you'd like to be. As well as there is a button there to support us. If you would like to keep the hot tub warm, please hit the button. Uh, please donate. It can be as little as ninety nine cents a month, all the way up to uh, as much as you fucking 
in one a month um, and donate to us to make sure that the audio continues to get great and we continue to bring great beer uh, knowledge, education, and humor to the masses of our 20-something listeners. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for having fun with us. And until next time, enjoy your hot tub beers. <laughs>